With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. You're listening to a weekly podcast made by Miami Dolphin fans for Miami Dolphin fans. Your source for entertaining Dolphin news, insight, and general conversation. Here's your host, Michael Fink. Hey, and we'll call this a miserable Monday. Uh, (laughs) uh, That was not fun yesterday as the Dolphins got their uh, lunch handed to them, I'll say, and uh, uh, they lost 56-26. to Uh, It's not what we expected to see. I mean, we thought the team would be competitive, and uh, they were anything but. Now, uh, Lewis, how are you? (laughs) How do you think I am, Mike? Well, that's what I thought. You know, it's a a tough one to swallow. But uh, we knew this season was going to end with a loss. We just didn't know to who and how bad. And it was... (laughs) <laughs> if you had your choice, that's the last team you want to lose to just because they are the Bills, and uh, you certainly didn't want to get your butts kicked, and, and that's what happened. So got to pick up the pieces and move on. Yeah, 56 points. Both sides of the football just were not very good yesterday. Frustrating game to watch. Well, all, all three sides of the football, if you count special teams. Yeah, special teams. And, um, you know, what's interesting is – You're playing the Buffalo Bills, and that's one thing your special teams can't do, right? You play against Kansas City with all their offense, and that's one thing special teams can't do. And in both of those games, they allow a punt return for a touchdown. And against teams like that, maybe the two best offenses in football, right? Exactly. I mean, they're they're both top five, without a doubt. I mean, you can throw Green Bay in there, maybe the Saints – but these guys, you know, Kansas City and Buffalo are very comparable to well, any of those. They're teams. certainly the top two offenses in the AFC. Yes, that goes. Yeah, no question about it. And you know, when you're giving up punt returns on special teams to both of those, you know, both of those teams, it's very, very difficult to overcome that. Period. So you know, it it, it was frustrating all the way around. You're absolutely right. It was at every aspect of the game was just absolutely hideous. The blocking, uh, the defense, you know, they did start off good. Uh, they, you know, they had three stops early and, you know, that's where I felt the game was somewhat decided at that point. Uh, well, you may not think that way, but no, I, I do because yeah, well, a couple of ways, I think when you get turnovers, you've got to score off of them. And, uh, we ended up, with a couple of interceptions and we got a field goal out of it. You know, they had, uh, uh, what, three turnovers, I think. Yes. And they scored 21 points off of them. Right. Yep. So then they were late. I mean, the game, I think when, when we started turning the ball over, Mike, the game was pretty much over at that point. No, I agree with that. But, um, you know, the early interception, I mean, that's key. Listen, here's the thing. Uh, 
the the coach, the head coach on Buffalo had said that he was going to get a feel for the game and see how it was going. If we knock Josh Allen around a little bit early, after the interception, we get up and they start knocking him around, he's going to think twice about keeping him in that football game. He's going to say, you know what? I'm not taking any chances. We got a playoff game next week. These guys came to play. They're knocking him on his ass every other play. They may it, the game may have changed, but you know we had three straight stops early in that game against a very good offense, and you know our offense put up a total, like you said, of three points, including an interception in their end. So, you know when that happens. The momentum goes the other way. Once Buffalo got rolling, it was over. You know, that was it. And we never answered back. You know, they started scoring and we just didn't answer back. We were 0 for 7 on third downs. You you can't do that. You got to convert. You got to keep the other team. We talked about this last week when we did the preview show. You got to keep the other team's offense off the field. And they just didn't do that. They just, they dug themselves a hole. And with this offense and, you know, with the way two has been playing, you knew that it just wasn't going to happen. We gave up 28 second quarter points. And at that point, the game is over. Period. That's it. You know, it's done. You know, you're not coming back from that. You know, you're you're seeing teams score more. Uh, you know, you're seeing more more games in the 40s and the 50s than you used to. I mean, certainly, the, it it doesn't hold the same weight as it did 10, 15 years ago. But still, you cannot be giving up 56 points to anybody. I don't care who you're playing. You know, there's there's just no excuse for that. And uh, I thought yesterday, you know, it it looked like our secondary was really struggling. But I would I would contend that our pass rush was worse than the secondary. I just don't think we gave those quarterbacks much to think about. No, not at all. I mean, they they it was a combination on the defensive side. Like I said, they came out they came out strong. Van Ginkle had an early sack. You know, we had the Jones pick, which was just an outstanding play. And you know, we come back, and you know, we're just failing. I mean, Sanders kicks a forty-eight yard field goal. I believe that's where he had the interception. I don't think we gained more than a couple of yards on that possession. And and th- those are momentum swings. You know, that whole sideline was all jacked up after the, intercepting, a- after the interception. You saw them all fired up. And then the offense has got to pick us up. And and they just didn't do it. You know, it's, you know, it's frustrating. You know, they, like I said, they had three straight stops. The offense gets the ball back. And, you know, we don't do anything with those possessions. So, you know, right there and then going into the second quarter, you knew it was just a matter of time before Buffalo was going to get rolling because they are a very good offense and Josh Allen's just playing at a very high level and uh, you can't expect the defense to go out there time and time again and and stop them and they didn't well I could expect it it's just probably not going to happen <laughs> right <laughs> I mean Mike listen you know here here's the thing okay we we've got a very very good defense okay but there are still holes in that defense there's no question about it um you know, the the pressure up the middle is just non-existent. The pressure from the outside, you know, if we don't blitz, then, 
where is it coming from? I mean, there were times where on a four-man uh, four rush, we did get a little bit of pressure, but nine times out of ten, we didn't. And that's collectively across the board. I mean, you know, we talk about Agba a lot and, you know, the defensive ends, but you know what? The tackles, you know, Wilkins and the guys inside have to make plays as well. And, and they just haven't done enough of that. And they didn't do any of it yesterday. I mean, wouldn't it be nice to see the, you know, the, the, um, the pocket breaking down and, you know, right there in the middle to where he's forced outside and stuff. It just doesn't happen enough. And it didn't happen really at all yesterday. All right. So the elephant in the room is the offense. And uh, uh, Tua did not look good yesterday. Not that I'm blaming him for the loss because it was certainly a collective loss. But, uh, you know, you, you're not going to win a lot of games when your offense can't pick up a third down. You're just not going to win a lot of games that way. And uh, he is playing a, a, a vertical game and not a horizontal game, you know. I mean, or I should say horizontal and not vertical. Right. Uh, you know, and, and it, it's frustrating because they're just not challenging downfield. And, and then when he did challenge downfield later in the game, uh, he was throwing poorly. And, and you saw his, uh, Trent Green made a comment about his footwork. We were on the phone five minutes earlier than that. And you had said the same thing. It was funny. It was funny. Yeah. <laughs> I said, Mike, did you hear that comment? That's what I said five minutes ago. Um, go ahead, finish your thought and then I'll, I'll follow up. Well, I don't, I don't know, you know, what's causing the bad mechanics, but they they were visible and they were obvious. And, uh, you know, if you, if your feet aren't right as a quarterback, odds are that ball's not going where you intended to go. And that was some of the problem that he was having. You know, you, you, you've got to get that corrected. I don't know if that's, you know, carry over from the hip injury or if it's just a bad habit that he got into. I have no idea, but, uh, that's something to watch going forward because if he keeps that habit up or keeps having difficulties with getting his feet planted properly, uh, he's not going to be as accurate as he was in college. Right. I mean, he seems to, he, he's not set when he's throwing the football. He's going backwards. He's throwing off his back foot. He's A coming lot. up short. Yep. And Mike, here, here's the other thing that really bothers me as, as, I, as I'm watching him week in and week out. I've watched him throw screen passes, okay, in the flat. I watched him throw bullets on certain weeks. And then yesterday he threw a ball that seemed like it was up up in the air for A hot tense. air balloon was the way you described it to uh, me. A hot air balloon. And, <laughs> uh, you know, Gaskins had a weight on it and weight on it, and he still got seven or eight yards, but he could have got 20 or 30 yards if the ball's there in a timely fashion because – the timing's not there in regard to blocking and stuff, and you've got the rest of the defense pursuing him at that point. I mean, it's simple things like that. As I'm watching him, fundamentally, he just does not look good. He doesn't look good at all. And and this is something that, as, as a number five pick, he, he should have that at this point. You know, he played at a, at a big program in college, and, and I'm watching him, and it almost looks like a, a freshman college quarter, you know, a guy that just came out of high school going into college. The fundam- Fundamentally, he's not there, okay? And, and that's what's bothering me. Um, 
you know, he plays a little bit soft. He's not a big guy. There was a couple of runs, and I think the announcer brought attention to it too, that, you know, my goodness, he could have got down to the two or one yard line, and, he, you know, he took a dive at the five. And with our offense, you know, that's key, you know, because we just don't have a dominant offensive line. So at times he seems like he's playing soft, and I can understand that. He's coming off of injuries and stuff, but – it's very it, it it's it's technical things that I'm seeing wrong with him. A lot of passes that are short. A lot of you you know you've got Parker in the middle of the end zone on one play and he's throwing to the outside and you know I don't know whose fault that is, but my guess would be that it's it's falling on Tua because Parker's been here for years. I'm going to go with the veteran over the rookie any time, and that's something that. I don't know if he's not studying right or he didn't understand the play or he didn't read the defense right, but you got to give your receivers an opportunity to at least make a play on balls. We we watch football a lot, the both of us, and you see the quarterbacks in the league give their receivers an opportunity. It, it, it You could get a pass interference call. Anything can happen, but when you're throwing the ball into the corner of the end zone and your receiver's in the middle of the end zone, you've got no shot at anything. And those red zone possessions are so very important. And that was an early one, and it was frustrating to watch. And um, we've seen a lot of it. it. When he does put it in the receiver's hands, they need to catch the ball. Well, that goes without saying, Mike. But (laughs) what I'm saying is is that – I'm not dismissing what you're saying. I know exactly what you're saying. I'm talking about him specifically right now. The receivers are a whole other, you know, thing altogether. I mean, Parker played an exceptional game once he started getting the ball fed to him. I thought he made some really nice catches and he made some really nice plays yesterday. I mean, past him, I mean, look at the guys that we have on the field. You've got Hollins, you've got Bowden, you've got guys that, you can't depend on them by no stretch of the imagination. I'm talking about from a technical standpoint and him specifically. And, um, you know, he's frustrating to watch. And, he, you know, as the season progressed here, I've gotten more and more frustrated with him. because He it's, didn't. It's, as the season progressed, he didn't. He didn't, <laughs> exactly. You know, he's taken a step backwards to me, you know, over the last five weeks. And that... That's a concern. Um, you know, there's there's technicalities involved. There's, uh, you know, the, the play calling at times, you know, I, I always question that. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's him being conservative or if it's the offensive coordinator. I mean, that whole first half, Mike, we were throwing the ball five yards within the line of scrimmage. And I don't know if it's him checking down or whatever the case may be, but we're watching the game, and it's like we've got no shot at winning this game if this is the way we're going to play it. Uh, the running game was non-existent. Um, you know, the the pass blocking. If I had to tell you that they were horrible yesterday, I'd say probably not. I felt that he had opportunities, and um, again, it was him just not making good throws at times, or you know, not, it, it was it was just a combination of a lot of things. But him specifically, he struggled a lot yesterday. He really did. Well, yeah, and I and I, I sense your frustration. <laughs> You know, yeah. and I got to be honest, you know, it's very frustrating to watch an offense that doesn't move. And I don't care who the quarterback is, you know, it's it's going to frustrate you. 
uh, you know, we had the problem with Tannehill not picking up third downs, and it's like we're right back there again. And, and you know, you got to cut the kid some slack, uh, you know, uh, but some slack, you know. But at, I don't understand why they, they aren't more aggressive. I mean, I don't care if he throws five interceptions. I want to see him completing passes downfield. Uh, you know, if, if he throws a bad one here and there, or if it's picked off here and there, well, that's the life of a rookie. But I, I'm not, I'm not encouraged by what I'm seeing. Uh, and and like you say, I don't know if it's the coaches. I don't know if it's him being overly cautious. But when he keeps saying, "Well, I'm going to take what the defense gives me," that makes me think it's probably him. But. I don't know for sure. How can I tell you? You know, I, I just know that watching that offense, it's not efficient and it's not effective. It, it Mike, it's it's anemic and it's it's boring. I mean, when you go out there and you see them cut, here's the other thing: his demeanor. Okay, I mean, I don't want to I don't want to harp on him so much, but when he's in the huddle, Mike, and they're they're panning in on him. He doesn't seem like a guy that's in charge. I mean, I watched a lot of football yesterday, and I see these quarterbacks in the huddles just all fired up, and, you know, it seems like they're in control. He looks scared out there. I mean, I'll be honest with you. He really does. He doesn't seem like he is confident in the least, and that that's, that's not good. It's just not good. Demeanor is everything in the NFL. It really is. I mean, you you, see, you have to dictate. You have to show the guys, the other 10 guys in that huddle, that, hey, guys, listen, we're doing this, and that's all that's to it. And I'm going to do everything possible to get us into that damn end zone. I just haven't seen it. And as the season has gone on, I was hoping that we'd see more of that to where he's in, he's in the huddle, he's all fired up, he's getting in people's asses, and – you know, you're just not seeing it. You're just not. You know, there's concerns there. There's no question about it. He is a rookie. You know, hopefully he steps up from that, you know, from what he's, you know, he's, he, listen, he got a lot of experience this year. And that's what we wanted, right? He got it. You know, he basically got it. But going into the off season, there are concerns. You know, as far as I'm concerned, I know you feel the same way. And, you know, I know there are people out there that that are you know. But I don't know how you and, can watch him and not be concerned. I honestly don't know how you could. But I don't think it's you know it's it's dire. I I think that you know he missed the off season. He's coming off a really bad injury. I I think there's excuses or reasons if you want to look for them. Now, once he goes through camp next year, if we're seeing the same thing we're seeing now, we've got problems. Right, exactly. We do. And, um, you know, listen, um, we got to see what's going on with Fitzpatrick in regard to him coming back next year. One way or another, they have to address the quarterback. You have to have a backup one way or another. So you got a lot of draft picks this year, and, um, you know, you got to be open to it, Mike. I mean, listen, we – we passed up on guys year in and year out waiting on Tannehill to develop, right? Yeah, but and, it's it's only, you know, it's only one year. Lewis. Exactly. I, I don't think you have to spend, you know, your third round, your third choice on, on a quarterback guy. That's not where I would be going unless I am totally sold on that guy That and, you know, I just want to move on. Right. And I'm not saying, I'm saying that it has to be addressed. And if a guy falls to you, 
I don't care where it is, Mike. You have to it, listen. It, quarterbacks are the key in the NFL. Agreed. And, and if you have two great ones, you know, if Tua develops into a great one, then fantastic. I mean, New England drafted Garoppolo, and they got, I think, a pretty nice draft pick for him down the line, right? I mean, yeah, but you're, you're not going to use a number three pick to get back a number. 18 oh no, pick, no, no, you know? no, no, Mike, Mike. Again, I'm not saying to take a, the number three pick in the draft on a quarterback. Well, I mean, that's, like, that's where the elite guys are, supposedly. You well, know, you know. that's not necessarily the well, case. You know I, where I Dak, understand that. You know I where know. Dak Prescott was yes, drafted, Mike? Yes, yes. Fifth round. Yeah, exactly. I, I understand There's that. a lot of guys around the league. You know, you just have to be open-minded to it. And I'll tell you yeah, what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But think of A.J. Feely and all those other guys that, you know, we spent second-round picks on and, and none of those guys worked out, you know. So it's – you got to get lucky. And, and and I don't know that you can guarantee yourself you're going to get lucky, you know, because scouting quarterbacks is ridiculously difficult. Well, that's obvious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is. And it's been it's been that way – Forever. For, for forever. Exactly. Look where I mean, Marino was drafted. I mean, you know, and, I mean. Right. And look at the Ryan Leafs of the world. Absolutely. Yeah. There's, and that's the concern. I mean, look at Josh Allen. Uh, yeah. You know, he was, he was what, a top 10? I, yeah, maybe and, a top five. I don't remember where he was drafted. I think sixth or seventh. I don't remember the and number, but I, I remember looking at his college tape and saying, this guy's awful. <laughs> exactly. exactly. And he's not awful anymore, man. This, he has put it together. No, no, no. I, I meant, I, I, I'm talking about Rosen, not Allen. Did oh, I say oh, Allen? Yeah, I think I yeah. said, I, yeah, I meant yeah, Josh Ro- Rosen. Rosen was a 10th pick. Right. No, Allen, listen, Allen coming out of college, I thought, you know, had just a fantastic arm and he had the athletic ability uh, to, to overcome whatever the case may yeah, be. As he had I, a fantastic arm, but he was he, he was wild. And he can run. I yeah. mean, it, you know, you have those two things, Mike. Uh, you're ahead of the game already. As you watch Tua, you know, you don't see that booming arm and you don't see that running ability. I mean, I honestly thought I didn't watch a lot of Tua in college. I mean, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. But as I watch him on the field, I thought he had a little bit more speed than what he than what he does as as a quarterback in the NFL and the way it is nowadays with the way guys run the football. I mean, there's guys all over the game. I mean, even Herbert runs the ball pretty well and he's a big guy um you know as you watch Tua I was a little disappointed in the fact that speed wise he's you know in the NFL he's you know he's not he's not that much faster than a lot of the linebackers that are that are chasing him down you know so you know that's 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 another issue altogether there so you know, some of these guys had the physical attributes that Tua doesn't have. So what does Tua have to do, Mike? He has to make it up in other ways. And up to this point, his strengths have not been his strengths in the NFL. Accuracy that were in and, college. and uh, anticipation, you know. Yes, and, 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 and recognizing, rec- recognition, yes, all right. of those things. But that's that's what that's where he's got to make it up, you know. And if he can't make it up, then he's not going to make it because uh, – as you say, he doesn't have the strongest arm. He doesn't have the fastest legs. But uh, he apparently, you know, can be accurate. we got to figure out what's wrong with his feet. Right. That That's a major concern there. And it's something that can be fixed. There's no question about it. But well, my, if, my... if it's not related to the injury, you know. Right. Because the hip 
controls the legs you know yeah oh absolutely uh, hip bones connected to the leg bone yeah, you know i yeah, get all yeah. that but and i'm not i'm not saying that's what it is because i have no way of knowing i'm just saying the this it's not outside the realm of possibility my concern is mike is that it's been happening right and you know as coaches you got we got a quarterback coach right yep i mean We've been watching it, and he's been doing this a lot. I mean, he throws off his back foot quite a bit, and he comes up short a lot because he's not stepping into the ground. Yeah, he's not stepping into his throws. Okay, so either he's doing it in practice, and there, you know, he's correcting it there, and then it's not translating into the game. Or we got some, we got a really bad quarterback coach and a really bad group of coaches on the offensive side in general. So there's there's an issue here because it it hasn't been corrected. Yeah, but you don't always fix those things immediately. Sometimes it just takes work, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, if a habit's a habit, you know. Yes, exactly. They've, he's got to get out of some bad habits in regard yeah. to that. I mean, there's times, Mike, where he does it where he doesn't have to. He just doesn't have to, and and that's you know that's what bothers me as well. I mean, step into the damn ball and get it down the field. Throw some zip on that baby, you know. And uh, you know, let's get off of him. You know, we've. Uh, you know, we we've we've kind of spent a lot of time on him, and I don't want people to think that you know we're we're bashing him. We're just recognizing things, and you know there are obvious concerns going into the off season. So listen, he can, he can go and work out and get trained and come back next year and be back to his old self and be fine. I mean, we have no way of knowing what his off season program is going to be. And how much COVID is going to affect anybody's offseason going forward? We, you know, these are things we don't know. Mm-hmm. Exactly, so and, it, and we're, it's, we're just going to have to sit back and watch. And he's, you know, Mike, you know, he's not the only concern. You know, Jackson at left tackle was one of the worst tackles in football this year as a number one draft pick. Now, that that's that's somewhat of a concern too. Another young player, but. You you know as a number one pick and you know you're picked that early in the draft you, you want a little bit more out of that don't you you know in regard to left tackles in the NFL I mean you know he he just didn't do very well uh, he did a decent job as far as not allowing a lot of sacks but as you we talked about this a little bit yesterday if 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 he's getting pushed in the tour or Fitzpatrick whoever's in the game. It's just as effective as, you know, the guy getting to him, right? Yep. You know, so. Yep. Hey, look, he's got to work on his game as well, but I'm, I'm not down on him. Uh, I think we need to see more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have to. They just, they have to get better. They have to get Collectively, better. they have to get better. I think across the line, they have to get better. Uh, oh, yes. And that's all of them. I don't think anybody is standing out in, in an overly positive way. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see, you know, I mean, this is, this is where they make their money, you know, they've, they've got to produce. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, the, the one guy that, that concerns me, cause you know, Kinley is intriguing to me because he's such a big dude mm-hmm. and you just feel like if this guy can get a little bit stronger and mm-hmm. just a little bit lighter, he could probably be a really good run blocker. And mm-hmm. right now he's not. Right, and and that concerns me, you know, because I, I I think he's got the potential to be a people mover, but he's not moving people. So you know they've they've got to figure out what's up with him and get him on the right program for his body. And uh, you know I think he's I think he's going to be around a while if he if he can figure all that out. 
Hey guys, this is Mike again, uh, breaking in for a second just to ask a favor of you. We would like to request that you go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review and rate the show. Uh, let us know how we're doing. We'd very much appreciate it. Thank you. And fins up. Yeah, he, Mike, he was a fourth round draft pick. And that's what yep. you get in the fourth round. You get a yep. guy that's a project yep. and a guy that's now he I think he's way ahead of the game as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I know he has he had some difficulties this year, but when you have a fourth rounder that's getting a lot of playing time yep. and he's playing over a guy that you drafted in the second round last year. Yeah. You know, that says a lot. You know, Dieter was drafted in the second round last year, and Kinley's basically starting over him. So, you know, we knew he was a project, and I'm okay with guys that late in your draft getting a lot of playing time and being patient with them. But these guys that were drafting in the first round, Mike, you expect a little bit more out of them. You don't want Jackson and Kinley being on the same basically at, at the same level. You can when, throw when, Hunt in that group, too. <laughs> what's that? You can throw Hunt in that oh, group, yeah, abso- too. Absolutely. I mean, so, you know, we're talking about an early first-round draft pick here, you know, and comparing them to a fourth-round draft pick. So there's a big difference as far as I'm concerned. When you're drafting in that first round, at some point, we have to hit on guys that are just going to be absolutely dominant, dominant, and guys that are our foundation. And um, you know, this this year's draft, Mike, and this coming draft is going to be very telling for Greer. You know, he's going he's going to have to really do a good job of getting guys that you know are our foundation, because I mean. This this last year, I'm going to name just a couple of guys after our boy Noah, our last pick in the first round was drafted. Igbenogany, yes. There you go. You say it. I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not even going to attempt it. But here are some of the guys that were drafted after we drafted him, Mike. You had Hilaire, the kid in Kansas City. You had DeAndre Swift. You had T. Higgins who's a really good – these are all need positions for us, by the way, okay? You had Jonathan Taylor, who ran for 250 yards. Now, wouldn't it be nice to have him in your backfield going forward? You don't have to worry about a running back. You had Claypool, the kid over in Pittsburgh at wide receiver. Another need for us. It'd be nice to have him. You had Cam Akers on the board. You had J.K. Dobbins on the board. From Baltimore, I mean, it's not just one guy. I mean, this is, I just named six or seven guys that could have really, really helped us incredibly. Instead, we drafted a guy that I know is a project. Here's the thing you hired a defensive coach, okay, right. for head coach Flores. And their, their method was to build the defense up first. And that's what they attempted to do, that in the offensive line. And, uh, you know, I mean, we could sit here and play the, the game you're playing every single draft there is because, you know, <laughs> remember we took John Avery, you know. <laughs> and no, I was, get all that. But, know, Mike, you know, there was a lot of talent on the board for a guy that is a major project and a guy that just did not get any – I mean, it's not like – Needham Needham's a good solid football player. Don't get me wrong, but as this season progressed, Mike, I mean, I understand he's a project, but in weeks 
15, 14, 15, 16, he's still not on the field. He played how many plays yesterday? Two? Well, two passing plays. Two he, was pa- on, he was on the field for nine plays, I think. Probably, but they were probably some special teams plays, I'm assuming, right? Or is that just defensively? I think they were uh, seven runs and two passes, if I'm not mistaken. Well, the point, of the, the point I'm trying to make is this, is that – I don't care, you know. I understand what you're saying. You're a defensive-minded coach, and I get all that. But well, I think you... their plan was to build up right. the defense last offseason, and this offseason, I would assume they will work more at the skill positions that you're looking at there. Right, right. Um, but again, you know, you passed up a ton of talent there for a guy that um, you know that I is don't, a project, right? That, that is a major project. It, again, you know, you draft your quarterback and you draft an offensive tackle. It, you know, in the first round, I mean, just come back with a big play receiver, you know, or or one of these running backs because they were there for the taking. And, you know, you got to question it because that is, I mean, I'm not talking about one guy. Okay, you know, great. There was seven, six, seven guys I mentioned there that would have been fantastic to have on this football team going forward. They, they believe so, in de- developing players. That's their that's their mantra, okay? They're saying they're going to take players that they feel are athletes and they are going to develop them. Now, it's either going to work or it isn't. Right now, it's not looking so great, but we'll have to see. This is not something you can answer in a year. Right. You just have – you have guys that have already made their footprint. This is what we have to do, and this is my whole right. point. No, is I agree that with that. We have to find players that, that are making an impact. Right now. I mean, yes. you know, the window, as far as God, before they got to get paid and we start losing guys, is three or four years. So we can't continue to draft projects, Mike. At some point, we have to get guys that, so that are going to – that are going to make plays on the offensive side and the defensive side. You have side. to get guys that are going to win you games. Period. Exactly. Right. <laughs> the difference makers. Yep. Different, not projects. You know, we. I don't want to see Noah, you know, three years down the line become a solid football player. I mean, you know, right now we need guys in the first round that are going to be game changers that, you know, that are going to have games like Jonathan Taylor had for Indianapolis to where he, he basically put them in the playoffs because Rivers wasn't doing it. I mean, they, they, they relied on him 250 yards and he's done. These are the type of guys that we're going to need to help Tua. I mean, well, it's, that, that's just it. You know. If you've got Tua at quarterback, you are going to need some special skill players around him because they need to take the ball to the house. Absolutely. <laughs> so anyway... So there you have it. So this this coming draft, I mean, you know, we have to address certain things. And, um, you know, going forward, I mean, it was a disappointing game yesterday. I mean, I, Mike, honestly, I can't, other than Parker, you know, who I thought had, you know, once they started throwing to him, he had, he had a, really a couple. Of, he had a couple of drops yesterday. I yeah. mean, he, he wasn't uh, immune to it. You know, Ford yeah. had a drop. I don't know who else had a drop. But they were dropping passes. And, uh it was frustrating. It was a very frustrating game, and thank God it's over. Uh, you know, we don't have to watch that again. And, uh, you know, they'll, they'll go forward through this offseason. They've got some money to spend. They've got some beautiful draft picks. Uh, why don't you talk about that? Yeah, I mean, we got the number three pick. I mean, that boy, I'll tell you, Tennessee was scaring you, weren't they? Because we could have dropped, let me tell you, from that three, was a close game. <laughs> from three to five or three to six. I don't know where we would have dropped if Tennessee didn't win that football game. But 
That number three pick, I mean, my goodness, you have so much leverage there in regard to trading down a little bit and then picking up another draft pick. Uh, You can do a lot of things with that third pick because you figure Lawrence is going to be off the board. And a lot of mock drafts have the Jets taking a quarterback as well, which I think would be ridiculous. But you know they that might. that's you their bringing th- a new coach, and they usually want you know the, they want what they want. You know, it's, so. it's possible. So if that's yeah. the case, if you've got two quarterbacks off the board, you've got the best player at any position you want, uh, with the exception of quarterback on the board right there. What a great position to be in, coming off of a ten and six season. I mean, look at all the teams that that had that had horrible records that are basically drafting behind us. I mean, it's it, we're in a great position. And then we come right back with the 18th pick in the draft. And then in the second round, we have the same scenario. Third pick in the second round, 18th pick in the second round. We're, we're in a great position going four, forward. Four picks in the top 50, as you said yesterday. As I said yesterday, exactly. And um, I don't know where we are in the third and fourth rounds as well, but um, – you know, you pick up guys like Van Ginkel and people like that in the fifth round, and um, you know you have a nice draft this year. You can really add some more quality to this football team, even well, in the later to. rounds. You know, it's not it, it doesn't end in the first and second round. That's for sure. No, it doesn't. All right. So, uh, anything else you want to add? Uh, I think that's about it, Mike. I mean, I think we touched on pretty much the game yesterday. Um, you can you know, tell we're a little bit frustrated. <laughs> well, I think uh, as a Dolphin fan, you almost have to be because that's not the way you want it to go out. I mean, we haven't had a game like this really the whole season. I mean, No, even it, but I want to be optimistic. I, I want to believe that they're going to go out and do the right thing in free agency. They're going to go out and have a solid draft, and they're going to come back next year with a with a, hopefully a full training camp that's not interrupted by COVID. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, really improve this football team. That that's what I'd like to believe. Yep, that's that's what we have to. You know, we have to have confidence in the coaching staff. I think that with what they had to work with this year, Flores did an outstanding job. He yeah, really I agree did. With that. I mean, to get to ten wins with the injuries that we had. I mean, we lost some key guys at different times, and uh, you know, to get to ten wins. He, he did a, a phenomenal job. Phenomenal job. Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. You know, I was looking at it, Lewis, and, and you, you look at who they beat and who they didn't beat, and they only beat one team with a winning record, and that was the Rams. Uh, the teams they lost to, uh, the 5-11 and 11 Broncos, uh, the 7-9 and 9 Patriots. Now, the Broncos game, you know, that's one that you wish you had back. Right. Uh, the Patriot game, well, they just – Caught us a little bit off guard with Cam Newton. We obviously were not prepared for the amount of uh, running he was going to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you look at the rest of the games. We lost to the twelve and four Seahawks in a game we maybe could have won. Yep. Uh, we we lost to the Buffalo Bills twice. Uh, you know they were thirteen and three. Well, the yeah, Bills, we, the first Bills game, Mike, not to cut you off. No, but it was close. Yes. We had a lead in the fourth quarter there. Yep. You know yep. we had one of our corners out and and it, it cost us in that fourth yeah, quarter Ig, but Ig still, still looking still looking for the receivers that run by him right uh you know and and we lost to the kansas city chiefs who were 14 and 2 so we lost to teams that are clearly better than we are and mm-hmm. uh 
you know, they've got nothing to be embarrassed about. Um, I, I believe that, you know, when, when you when you look at it in its, in its entirety, they, they did a great job with the talent that they have and, uh, you know, putting t- the team together. Now, we, we can talk about draft picks they may have missed on, and we can talk about all that stuff, but everybody misses on draft picks. I don't mm-hmm. care what team you're looking at. Well, Mike, let's 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 bring up something else that we talked a little bit about yesterday, okay? Uh-huh. And I, I brought, you know, I I spoke to you about it. I mentioned that we won ten games this year, and you can honestly sit there and say, well, how much, how much of that came from our number one draft picks this year? We already talked about Noah; he was non-existent, right? Right. Tua played. I would say below average. I wouldn't say that he necessarily won us football games this year. I think the team as a whole won football games. I think the Cardinal game he played very well in and and had contributed to that win. Okay, our our left tackle had a subpar year. Um, we didn't get dominant football out of any of those guys and we got to 10 wins i mean we didn't have impact from those what i'm saying is we didn't have a ton of impact from those number one draft picks and we got to 10 wins this year so if if they all improve going forward and then we back it up with some really impact guys next year that we hit on then i mean yeah it, it's going to look fantastic going forward. I mean, I think this team's in a very good position. I think people have to understand that, that we honestly didn't get a lot of production from those early round picks this year. I mean, it was okay. It was okay years out of them, but nothing that that right. would have uh, influenced influenced us one way or another in regard to getting the 10 wins. Right. They weren't overly impactful is what you're saying. Now, I'll tell you who I was impressed with, and that was Ray Colton Davis. Yes. Yeah. Ray, absolutely. Raekwon, Raekwon had a a very good uh, rookie year, I think. And, he did. Uh, if he develops a little bit further, he's going to be a force. Oh, I think he's going to be absolutely fine on this team. A nice second round pick there. Uh, yeah. You know, and that's what we need. We need guys. You know, pieces to the puzzle. And going forward, I think he's definitely a piece to the puzzle, no doubt. Yep. I'd like to see a little more from Wilkins. I'm not going to lie. Uh, well, that's not, for another not show, he, not, Mike. Not that he's bad. He's not bad, but he's. He, I'd like to see a little more from him. But, uh, all right, so I guess we'll uh, be back Wednesday. All right, sounds good. And until then, fins up, everybody. Fins up, doll fans. All right, so that's our show for this week. I just want to remind everyone that the Fin Fans podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. Podcast Network.